0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're glad you're with us. We're going to start a new series today called One More. And uh, we sort of introduced the topic a couple of weeks ago, and we'll, we're going to expand on it over the next uh, four or five weeks. And we'll be using the verses from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 through 21. So if you... Um, would like to turn there in the Bibles, you can, or it'll show up overhead, or it's in your bulletins, but if you'd like to look at it in your Bible, you can. 2 Corinthians 5, and get ready for when we get there. Um, Before we hop in, and this will tie into what we're doing, we we, we went out today and we did our $1 car wash. And um, in case you haven't heard it uh, before, what we did was we used to do free car washes all the time, and people always weirded out about free car washes because they don't believe us, even though we have signs made that say free car wash, no kidding. So we decided what we do is a $1 car wash and uh, we went out there. And um, if you hadn't heard what we were going to do, what we did was we wash their car. And then when they w- come up to, to pay, we hand them a dollar and say, thank you for participating in the $1 car wash. This was a blast guys. We, ha- we did it today. We washed about 75 cars in two hours. I had the most fun in, in just watching people come up and because they all come up with money in their hand, you know, and they're all kind of grinning like, sure, you only want a dollar. And, and uh, so they've all got more. And, and so we would, when they come up, you know, they roll down their window and, uh, it, and all their cars nice and clean and everything. And we had crews working on them I and mean, we did a nice job on their cars. <laughs> they, would, they would pull up and, and uh, I'd say, Thank you for participating in the $1 car wash today. Here's your dollar. Now, <laughs> they would just be looking at me like, What? And then we were giving them these coupons for free breakfast and free dinner here at the Vineyard. And uh, so I, a lot of them thought we were like introducing a restaurant or something to them, and I, we just we didn't go there. Um, and, and if they asked where the vineyard was, we'd go, oh, you're just you're close, go down another street and hang a left. But they would be, it was, it was great, because they were totally stopped, and they were all smiling as they left. They were all had this big grin on their faces, and uh, they would talk about it. One lady was on the phone, she goes, you wouldn't believe what just happened. And uh, off she went, so the word was getting out. And, and so it was, it was a great time. Um, and we do these sort of things because it fits into our mission, and that's what we're talking about today. We're going to really be talking about the mission of our church, uh, this group, and, and what we're called to. And I, I introduced this a couple of weeks ago by saying that uh, in, in spending a lot of time in, in, in prayer this year, our old mission statement has, it was advancing the kingdom of God one person at a time, which is still true. We, we picked that up. I wrote that in the early 90s. And uh, it's still where our heart is. But uh, I would ask people if they knew what our mission was and nobody ever knew. And so I'm like, now we all got to tie into the mission of the church. And so it felt like I'm, I'm, we're holding the same sort of tension, but now everybody can remember it, that if anybody asks you what the mission of our church is, it's one more. One more what? One more lost child to dad. One more in the kingdom. One more to Jesus. One more. Just one more. And, and so we're going to do whatever we can to reach out to get one more. And, and for me, it's the, it's the soul of our church. And see, it's, it's good to have a mission statement, to know what it is, because see, there's so many opportunities to do so many things that are good, but they may not be what God has called you to. And, and if we can understand that God has called us to a certain thing, then, then we can embrace that and, and put our resource at doing those things. And and we have to realize that we can't do everything, um, that there's so much out there. But we can bless all the other churches that are doing other things because that's their mission. And so we don't compete with them, we bless them. I said this two weeks ago and say it again. We do not compete with any other church. Our only competition is with the evil one. That's it. So we can bless what they're doing. They might be completely different from us, have a completely different mission. As long as they love Jesus, we bless it. And then we get focused on what we're supposed to do. And, and this is what we're supposed to do. It's, it's the soul of who we are. It has been, always has been, but now it's bringing it out again as to, to make sure that everybody gets it and can tie into it, so that the things that we do then make sense. Because a lot of the stuff that we do here, the people that are coming in that don't know what our mission is, doesn't make sense at all. Which is why I get questions all the time, like, is this really a church? Well, yeah. <laughs> What's with all the food? Well, we're being hospitable. People like food. I like food, and it's fellowship, and it's good. Well, why do you do this? Well, this is our mission. Why don't you do this? Well, we're trying to focus on these things so we can't do some of all the other stuff, but we're going to do these things, and we do it all for one more. Now, this tied into the entire ministry of encouragement because I, I said that as we embrace this mission... There's, there's a couple of things, because what becomes prominent for us is that what we always have to be working towards is, is two very simple things, is loving God and loving others. And it's a powerful uh, thing, because that's what Jesus, when he was sort of uh, asked to say, hey, what's the most important commandment? What's the most important deal? That's what he said, well, love God and love others. And that our ministry of encouragement helps us to do that because of the things that we've been trying to make a part of our daily lives. And those things are being thankful for five things. Remember, every day, and we being thankful for five things, that that, I said, is loving God. Because it gets your heart right. Because you you change. It becomes less about you and more about him, and it demonstrates that we love him. And then we encourage two people every day, and that's loving others. And we do these things, we thankful for five, and encourage two, so that we can get one more back to dad. Just one more. And so we, we have these hand signals. I know they make people crazy, but you'll remember them, or you'll think I'm just crazy, and that's okay too, but I got to tell you too, today uh, at, at the car wash, after we'd wash the cars and I hand them the dollar and they'd be overwhelmed, as they were getting ready to leave, I'd go like this to them, and they'd go like that back, and I went, yeah. <laughs> they had no idea what they were doing. I knew exactly. <laughs> I love that stuff. So. So it's all about this for us and what that encompasses. And what we came to with the 5-2-1 was, I said there was a verse that we would center on, that, that's 2 Corinthians five twenty one, and uh, which says that God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And I introduced that to you at the end of that last message. Well, That verse is preceded by verses 11 through there, Uh, and and I believe that what Paul is getting at um, is that the the way that we ultimately become his righteousness is by getting out there and doing the thing that he's called us to, and in particular, for us, it's, it's this whole message of being ambassadors, to be the ones that go out and share this amazing news that we have. We have amazing news, and he wants us to get involved in sharing it. And and for our particular church, it's it's sort of our soul. It's it's, it's a part of all churches, but but other churches have other slightly different missions, and that's good. We we bless that. But for us, it's way more the focus, partly because of where we live and because it's a very fascinating area that we live in. And and so we we have uh, this interesting dynamic that we get to minister in because of the people that are here already, and for a reasons that many of them came—you know, good weather. Some came because they wanted to be pirates or whatever, and uh, you know, or, or live Jimmy Buffett's life or whatever it was that brought him down. All good. Plus, we get this constant stream of people coming from other places. And and you know, uh, for ten years I, I I did ministry in Cuba, planting churches over there from '95 to 2005. You know, I was here. I would make these trips four, five, six times a year. For a week, we planted about 20 churches, and it was it was our mission at that time. You know, as as far as a defined mission of of going out. But as I've been praying uh, over the last few years, um, I really feel like God says, uh, you know, is is uh, he's bringing the mission to us. We just got to get out and get busy, because it's it's a it's a mission. It's just they come driving from everywhere. There was they were wall to wall today driving down, and what opportunities we have that many places don't have. And, and we have an opportunity to, to minister to these people in ways t- to try and impact them and, that, and, and they can just take it wherever they go. And you know, we're, we'll win some in, we'll, we'll plant some seeds in others, but, but that's what we're out. And we're trying to do it for one more. We don't know when the fruit will take, but, but that's why we're trying to do it. So we did this $1 car wash today. We weren't doing heavy evangelical stuff. You know, I wasn't preaching to them or anything. In fact, the little cards we were given, it just said the vineyard, it didn't even say the vineyard church. And the website was $1CarWash.com. And if you go to $1CarWash.com and check it out, you've got to go three pages deep to find anything out about the church. So <laughs> I want them to be able to find it, but they've got to be looking. And it just kind of, we start talking about a free lunch in there. It's, it's all part of this process of getting people to dig in and, uh, and connect with the idea of one more. So uh, 2 Corinthians 5 11, to, 11 through 21 says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, which a lot of people think we are, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us He's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sinned for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I want to break down those verses over the next three or four weeks and talk about them, and we're sort of going to focus today on verses 11 and 12 of, of 2 Corinthians 5. It says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. And so I have a few points I want to make on those verses. The first one is this, in your notes, it's that we know what it is to fear the Lord. We know what it is to fear the Lord. That verse says, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, and I think, well, maybe we better talk about that. Because that's kind of a funny concept, and and what does it mean, and and what does that look like, and you know, does that mean we're supposed to be afraid of God, um, and uh, that's not the concept I believe that's trying to be portrayed. The problem comes from uh, the wording in the Greek of that word that's used for fear, in the Greek in the New Testament, and translating the King James is is translated oftentimes terror. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> oops. And 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 so that's confusing. But the Hebrew word um, for that word, uh, which is more accurate, is Yira um, or, or Yaira, which means um, uh, piety and reverence rather than terror. And so it's it's more about a healthy respect for God, is what that's talking about, um, which is a good thing. It's like um, having a healthy respect for electricity. You know, I have. A, I, do you have that? I have that. Um, I. Uh, you know, so so it's the same sort of deal in, in our lives, and and then even better defining terms like that, the fear uh, to fear the Lord. What does it mean? Is to look for the Bible to define itself, and there's a great uh, scripture that I think will really help in Proverbs eight thirteen, that says this: To fear the Lord is to hate evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. That's that makes more sense right so what does it mean to fear the lord well it means to hate evil i think this works well with our idea of of trying to live doing the next right thing that that we are we, we get to make those choices we get to see you know temptation and, and opportunities to make wrong choices and yet we're trying to make right choices and that i think it's also a great reminder that the way that we ultimately dispel darkness in the world is by introducing light and that's what we're called to do. Light always dispels the darkness. Have you ever been to a Christmas Eve candlelight service and, and, and start with a really dark room and watch what happens as you start bringing light to it one at a time? It dispels the darkness. Lightens right up. Well, that's what we're called to do uh, in, in this process. And we do that by introducing, introducing the world to the light of the world, and that's Jesus. And so the second point, then, is we try to persuade. We try to persuade. We, we need to find ways to tell people about Jesus and what he's come to do. Second Corinthians 5.11, we try to persuade men. And so we're, we're, we're ultimately trying to persuade people to turn from darkness to the light. And our message today is still the same message that it was 2,000 years ago. Um, and the heart of the message is 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 8. Paul says, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Here we go. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. The heart of the good news, which is the gospel, it's the same word, is this. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised on the third day. And then Paul goes on to say, and then there were hundreds of people that witnessed that. So it's not just some sort of un, um, you know, story that wasn't absolutely verified by witnesses. That's the heart of the gospel message. That's, that's the heart of it. Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he was raised on the third day. Now, we, we make it more complicated than that. We add all sorts of stuff, but that's the heart of it. People have to get that. The problem that we face with the good news is that this message, which is, which is at this point in time completely counter-culture, we have to figure out how we can make it culturally relevant. So the message hasn't changed. We can't change the message. That's the message. That's what we have to get people to, that they've sinned, that Jesus is the only way that they can get back to God because of their sin, and he did it just by that. He died for their sins. He was buried. He defeated death and rose again on the third day, and that in that process we can have life. That's the message. Um, it's not... It's not very politically favorable anymore. It's, uh, you know, people think it's not. It's very narrow. And, and we have to find ways to take a very counterculture message and make it culturally relevant so people can accept it. See, part of the reason we go out and do the funny stuff that we do, we've got to get people to stop the way they think and think differently. People would say to me today when I handed them a dollar, well, that's not right. I'm supposed to give you money. Who says? It's a $1 car wash here you go." <laughs> and, and they would just look at us like we were crazy. That's okay. If I'm a fool, it's for his sake. Right? That's what the, the, what the scriptures say. But if, 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 if it's right, we're doing it because love of Christ compels us to get you to stop so that maybe you'll quit thinking the way you've always thought, quit thinking the way the culture thinks and go, well, what is that all about? Why would those people get out there in a cold day and do that? Why would they, why would they get out there and do those things? That doesn't even make sense. And there was enough of us that it's hard to write us all off as crazy. <laughs> well, they're all crazy. Maybe. Little things. Next Saturday, we're going to be doing a free soda giveaway. We're going to go out to the intersection and give away two or three hundred Cokes. Cold. Ice cold. And uh, just to so the traffic that's coming by, it's real fast, real easy. And we'll hit the same thing. We'll hit them with a coupon for breakfast or dinner. And, and it's just simple, fun stuff. All right. And then the following week, we're doing another big free lunch. Which is, which is a lot of fun. We do that at the intersection. So they stop. They, it, it, people have to stop and think. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it's one more, right? See, our, what's our goal? One more. You know, we pray for thousands, but one more is what we're shooting at. So we do what we do. So this idea of persuasion that Paul gives us is more than just the words of the message. See, it's a lifestyle. The way that we become culturally relevant with, relevant with a counterculture message is by living it out in front of people. That's, our, that's how we do it. We, we take this message, it doesn't even make sense to most people, and then we live it out before them the best way that, that we can as people trying to do the next right thing and messing up and going to God's for forgiveness, knowing we're not perfect, but, but moving along in Him. And wherever we find people, we have this opportunity for ministry, um, this, this radical intervention in life that's expressed in relationship. How we touch them, how we reach them, how we, whatever we can do, See, is, is the way that we can impact the world around us. And, and ultimately, we always want to point people to Jesus. You know, at the heart of it all, it's, it's about Jesus. But if you don't, see the thing is, if they don't get to know you first, if they don't they can't get past the fact that you've got something that you're trying to, they, they can't hear it. But if you can love them, care for them, figure out ways to bless them, then they can hear and they can make decisions based on that. Well, um, the third thing is it's not about us. It's just not about us. 2 Corinthians 5.12 says, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again. See, to live this way in the world um, we're going to have to be constantly aware of the fact that the world doesn't revolve around us. Our perspective has to come from the throne room of God, not from our own narrow perspective of life. There's a much bigger picture than we can normally see. See, it's just bigger than we can see. And, and I believe God's in this stuff that we're doing. And so we're touching people. You have no idea what God might do with, with some little act. I oh, mean, a, and a dollar, really. It's a dollar and some time. But see, God can take that, because that's just weighing on people now. Now they're thinking about that. So, so little things, smiles can change people's lives. Three Hershey's kisses, I think that costs us, that impacts cost us like, like ten cents. It can impact somebody's life if people will take the time to hand them to them. But we have to know that it's for one, one more. Philippians two. 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Here's the thing that we have to be careful of. Because we live in a fallen world, broken planet, things can get very difficult. It's a very normal reaction of the church to circle the wagons. You know what that means? You ever heard that expression? They, and, you know, when the, when the settlers were being attacked, they would circle the wagons to try and get some protection so that, you know, they could... Well, the church often does that. See, it circles the wagons because it feels like that's the best way to deal with a fallen world and a broken planet. Let's get everybody in and get them safe, and then maybe we can survive this mess. But the problem is we're called to hang out with the culture. We're not, we're not supposed to circle in. We're called to hang out, with, with the culture. And, and if, if you don't see that, just look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels. He, he said to the people that were circling the wagons, stop it, you're missing the point. And he went out there and hung out with people they wouldn't even have in their homes or in their churches. They wouldn't have anything to do with them. Those were the people Jesus went and hung out with. Now, he didn't go out and sin with them, but he hung out with them so that he could love them into the kingdom. So we have to be aware of this thing. See, the church... For us, not, not again, not picking on anybody else. And don't ever get me picking on what anybody else does. For us. See, we're to be a force, not a fortress. We're to be a force, not a fortress. Um, we're, we're not just locking in the church. It's you guys, and when you're out there, you're being the church. And we're going to develop that idea of force. I, I made up an acronym this week. That we're a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. We're a force. We're frontline operation, reconciling, caring, encouraging and encouraging. We'll develop that in the weeks ahead. But see, we, we have to get eyes like Jesus. We've been talking about that and see people in the beauty of their potential and not just what we get on the surface. Because God sees what's in the heart. That's point number four. Second Corinthians 5.12 finishes, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. See, people get messed up on appearance and, and outside stuff, but God deals with inside stuff. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord doesn't look at the things man looks at. A man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Barry brought that message up, uh, that verse up last week. And, and so ultimately, what we have to think about this week, and what I want you to think about is, can you look at people and see the beauty of their potential? Because in order to grab a hold of this mission, you're going to have to be able to do that. You're going to have to look at people and see them the way God does, and see the beauty of their potential with Him. And you have to ask yourself, honestly, are you treating people different because you've labeled them as a sinner or tax collector? And you're not relating to them in a loving way, you're relating to them in a judgmental way. If you are, you have no impact. You will not impact them. So can you see past, whatever their label might be, to their heart? And, 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 and then ask yourself, this is the big question, is your heart for one more? Can you grab a hold of this mission? Because I, I, God is calling you to it. He prepared you with a ministry of encouragement, now he's calling us to this. One more. What can we do for one more? What can we do? Just one more. God, and, and so we incorporate in our prayers, God, you know, today maybe, send someone along, just, just one more that, that I might be able to bless somehow. Just maybe some little kindness, some little thing that I can do. That, that makes it not about me, but about them and about you. And, and we adopt that into our lives. And every day, let's keep doing, let's be thankful for five things and loving God that way. And let's encourage two people and love others so that we can get one more back to dad, all right? Because that's what it's all about. That's where we'll stop today. We're going to pick it up in the next verse and next week, and we'll go from there, amen? Amen, if you're watching my video, thank you for watching. We're very glad that you tuned in. If you have anything you need or any questions, you can email us or write us or call us. But we're going to go ahead and pray here tonight and call it a night. And so let's do just that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for who you are, for your amazing love for us, for your goodness to us, your faithfulness. and God, that you've, you've called us to... Be a frontline operation, reconciling, caring, and encouraging. And Lord, help us to get that. And that our mission is one more. And Lord, that it's, it's all for you. That your heart for people, that your concern for the lost, something that you want us to have as well. So God, help us. Give us divine appointments and opportunities and just the ability to see the bigger picture and see where we can bless others, Lord. Help us to have a heart that cares, Lord, for the things you care for. And to be a force for you in the world, Lord starting here. And we are so thankful for the amazing love that you poured out on us. For the gift of life that we have in you now and forever. You're such an awesome God. And we pray, God, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached and ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us one more. God, we're thankful to be a part of your story here in this time and in this place. We love you, God. If you need prayer tonight before you go for anything, I'd be happy to pray for you. Prayer for healing relationships, finances, whatever you might be going through, problems. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's pray for that tonight too. Simple prayer of humility and faith and humility just getting to God and say, I've sinned. Will you forgive me? And then in faith, asking Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. If you've never done it, let's take care of that tonight. So if you need prayer for anything, you can come up and see me when we're done. If you're in a good spot and you're ready to go, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go tonight in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. We'll see you soon. Be thankful for five things, God. Encourage two people so we can get one more.